Hey guys, this is Leah Hendershot, and this is the Well and Less podcast. Here we uncomplicate living a well and thriving life through honest conversation, a little boldness, and lots of encouragement. Welcome back to learning how to reduce stress with Leah. <laughs> um, I hope you guys took what I said last time and took it with love, but also a little bit of passion. I want you to get passionate about reducing anxiety in your life. It's just so rampant, so rampant nowadays. And if I can give you five little simple tips that will help you start that journey, so be it. I actually had a hard time. Um, I had a lot of inner critic when I was doing this or imposter syndrome, if you've heard of that, because um, you feel like, well, really? Do I really know what I'm talking about? Is this really like, is anybody really going to get anything from this? Um, But I have, and I've referenced this many times, probably over in the podcast, I have as my background on my laptop, um, a quote by Joel Salatin. And it says, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly first. And I look at it every single day. And I also think, I know that we're not, here's a whole whole other side to what we've been talking about. I think the idea that perfect is attainable holds us back. And when we're not living in our true selves, that also causes us to be anxious. That's a huge factor in being anxious and feeling stressed is when we don't feel fulfillment. Um, And I feel fulfillment when I can help people and I feel fulfillment when I can be creative and um, podcasting is, I actually really love it. So I appreciate you being here. I know I say it at the beginning or end of this, but um, I really appreciate, appreciate even one person listening. So, um, because helping people is what I'm here for, whether it's perfect or not. So um, we're going to continue today with number four and five. And I know after I finish the, these two, I'm probably going to think, oh, that would have been a really good point to make. But it is what it is. Um, I meant to mention last time, there's a book called, ah, I forget it. I referenced it in another one, and I'll put a link to it, called, the author is John Martini, John D. Martini, Martinelli, Martini, um, uh, what's the name of it? But it's a really good book, and it's kind of like a book slash workbook. It's older, but it's really good. And he talks about why we feel, why we feel um, unfulfilled in our lives. And why we feel those daily stresses and those daily um, th- the things that make us feel anxious. And one of his main things that stuck with me in that book, and I need to read it again, is... Oh, I can see the book in my mind. I can see the cover. I just can't see the title. Um, but I will, I will definitely link it up. Um, but he says we feel those ways when we're not living in our highest priorities. And that's why I started off, as a recap, I started off with you've got to identify those absolute non-negotiable priorities. 
when you're not living to your highest priorities, that's when you feel life is out of it. Life is wacky is when you don't feel like you're, you're daily living to your highest priorities. And that was really, that really was a life, I would say, I mean, this sounds strong, but that really was a life changing statement for me. And when I feel that anxiousness or that anxiety, I realize I'm not living to my highest priorities today. And like mine, one of my highest priorities, like I talked about, I will get up early to read, read my Bible, um, do a devotional, read a book, because that is for me, may not be for you. You'd be like, ugh, I hate reading. I hate writing. That's cool. Um, But whatever it is, maybe you like to go for a walk. Maybe you like to just sit outside in the mornings. Morning time, there's something special about that morning time. Even if you don't believe me right now, start. (laughs) Morning time is, there's something special about it. It's totally different than night. It's clean, it's fresh, your mind is new. And if I don't do that, if I don't fulfill that highest priority for the day, I fell off. So maybe that'll help you identify those priorities. And then we talked about arresting unrealistic expectations because our society is always throwing expectations at us. And then stopping, arresting, normal, the, the words normal and the, words ba- the word balance. Just, I know that you have got to, you've got high priorities for the day, low priorities for the day. You've got your absolute non-negotiable, non-negotiable, say that five times fast. You've got those priorities. Um, and then you, sometimes you have forced priorities, like somebody needs, somebody's sick at school. You got to go get them where this work thing came up, but at least you have those anchors. Um, so today we're going to talk about having, and I can't even believe I'm talking about this guys, because I'm going to tell you why, but I put at the top reluctant schedulers welcome because that was me such a reluctant scheduler. Um, and I was the person that was, you may be thinking, oh no, uh-uh, like me, like I used to be. No, 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 no. You're talking about a schedule? I don't think so. And let me ease your mind. I'm not talking about a strict drill sergeant schedule here. No, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I was um, a reluctant scheduler big time. I'm creative. This is how I work best. I work best if I don't have any sort of a schedule. That's where the priorities come in. Um, it seems more stressful to me if I have a schedule. That's going to stress me out. These are all things literally that came from my mouth. Um, and I'm still not, hey, let's schedule every 30 minutes like a drill sergeant. Um So really, maybe I should have titled this like a flexible structure or I'm structure flexible, Um, but you have to have some sort of structure or like I said, like we talked about boundaries last time. If you don't have boundaries, things just go everywhere. If you don't have some sort of structure for your day, things just go everywhere. And if you have kids, you know, they pick up if you have a structure or not. It's not always fun to keep a structure. But things go everywhere. I, I think my son does BB team, BB shooting. And um, I, think of, I think of BBs going everywhere. 
if you don't have them contained, they just roll everywhere. And that's the same with your priorities. Um, and this is the same with this flexible structure um, that I have come to adapt. And if you have that flexible structure, not rigid, um, you, you are, you know, you, you have those priorities. Hope I can not stutter over all this if I'm trying to connect it all, trying to wrap it all up. If you have your priorities and a flexible structure, um, you're actually tapping into this, um, you're tapping into that fine line that a lot of us don't want to admit exists. And I think this is where um, in anything in life, whether it's a diet or a goal or whatever, there is a fine line. There's a fine line that we all are on every day between um, enough structure to thrive. That's why you set your priorities, your non-negotiables, but not so much structure that we die inside. So let me repeat that. There's a fine line that, you know, you should have every day. And you have to recognize this as you do it um, between you have enough structure that you feel like, okay, the day is is going pretty good. Um, And I put thrive. And that's kind of a bold word, but, you know, we need to feel fulfilled in our day. But not so much structure that we die inside. That you're not every 30 minutes, we've got to be on this, you know, 30 minutes to eat and 30 minutes to get dressed and brush your teeth and have your room cleaned up in 30 minutes. Like, no, no, stop it. That's an unrealistic expectation right there. So here's what I do. I have those non-negotiables for my day. And in my brain, there's an approximate time that I know those are going to take. And that is flexible. And I can do that because... I work from home and we homeschool. So yours might be a little closer. But even like if your kids, um, you have to get your kids up and you up to go to school. What's a realistic expectation? A a realistic expectation is probably about an hour and a half. Why do we force ourselves to try and get everybody up and out the door in 45 minutes or even an hour? Um, That's not, that's very unrealistic. So... Um, give yourself that time. That's what I want you to think about all this. You're giving yourself something. Give yourself the amount of time needed to make you not stressed and um, use approximate times and stick as close as you can to those. But that's uh, setting you up for a structure. Um, Not, oh, we get up at different times for this and that and this and that. Um, But mine is flexible, but it's also in an order. So like for me, um, one of my non-negotiables I talked about is like that early morning quiet time. For me, that's about from 6.30 to 8. It varies because sometimes um, my youngest will get up earlier, but I don't have an unrealistic expectation. I don't, I I know that from about 6.30 to 7.30, I can get good in. Um, if it's if I get to eight, great. If not, I'm not going to have unrealistic expectation that I get upset about if he gets up at seven thirty or even seven fifteen. So I'm very realistic about that. Two is school time. I my I realistically by nine thirty we get started. 
that's flexible, but I have a chunk of time set aside for that. That's what's realistic for us in school. I'm not, we got to be done in an hour. We got to be done in three hours. Like that's not, um, that's not, that's very unrealistic to set that today's going to go perfectly like yesterday. Um, that we're going to spend 30 minutes on this and 30 minutes on this. Like, no, for at least for us. Um, the realistic is from about 9.30 to 12, sometimes 12.30. I help the boys. Now I have a first grader. It doesn't take long. Um, so most of that time spent with making sure my sixth grader, um, sitting with him through math and checking his work and fixing things. Um, and then my 15-year-old, she's pretty independent. Um, and I just check her work. So from 9.30 to 12, that's my that's my realistic expectation, my, my flexible structure. Um, and then like meal prep, if I can prep it or anything, I set, you know, like lunch and meal prep kind of between uh, 12 to 2. And, and that is very realistic for me. So if it gets done between that time, fine. And then work-related, I have from about 2 to 4. Um, if I don't have supper prepped, then I stop at 4. Like, I just stop um, as close to it as possible because... If I don't have something prepped, it's going to take me from four on to get it done. And then, um, but like I said, that's that's a flexible structure. And then um, supper is, uh, again, kind of flexible from about 5.30 to 6. Sometimes it goes a little different, um, but that's realistic for me. And then we try and have the boys to bed by... Uh, well, not to bed, but winding down by nine. And that's something that I'm also, I've also been realistic about. Um, even when my kids were babies, I had a schedule, but it was a flexible schedule. And I think that's the key to reducing your anxiety as well. Because I think for some people, maybe a strict structure works. But for me, I like to have chunks of time. If you've heard of um, blocking out time, working in blocks of time, that's more of a flexible structure. And that's the way I've reduced my anxiety. Like I used to be like, okay, let's get done with school as soon as we can so I can, so I can work. Let's get done with school by 11 so I can work for an hour and then eat lunch and then prep supper and then go back to work. Wasn't working. Breaking that up, whatever. And that was making me feel very anxious. So now I know from about 9.30 to 12, that's school time. My brain is settled. That's it. Like, don't give yourself anything else to do during that time, Leah. And it's really helped me not feel anxious. So this is why I'm encouraging you, even if you're a reluctant scheduler, to set five, six blocks of time and say, this is what this is what I'm doing in this block of time. I'm not trying to do, because women, hello, we try and multitask. We do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, set those chunks of time and say, this is all I'm doing for that chunk of time. And, um, and be fully invested in it. And you'll feel less anxious. 
So reluctant schedulers, you can do it. I'm a big one. Um, and the thing I want to talk, I want to say about those five or six blocks of time in your day or whatever you need is I do those even when I don't feel like it. There are days where I do not want to do school with the kids. I have, I know I have things I need to do or people are coming into town or whatever. Um, and yes, we, you know, we, we flex where we need to flex, but I know if we get, if I give myself those little, um, those little off times that it's going to throw us way off. So, um, make it flexible when you absolutely need to make it flexible. Otherwise, like five days a week, try and keep those blocks of time. And I do them even when I don't feel like it. I go prep supper even when I don't feel like it because I know that was a huge stress for me is not having supper prepped. Um, even if it's just the chicken is in the crock pot cooking while I'm working. You know, something prepped, something going. Um, I do it when I don't feel like it. Even at 6.30 in the morning, I get up and I, I do that because I know how it makes me feel later. So I do it even when I don't feel like it. Those top priorities, those time, time block, those top time blocks. Um, of course, different days have added or changed priorities, you know, sports, or we have co-op all day Monday. We come home, um, eat supper and turn around and go to BB practice for, from October to April. So, um, but even on those days when our, when things are different, I have set times. Like when I get home from co-op, I know, okay, by four o'clock we get home at like, well, sometimes we don't get home till four o'clock, but I know that from four to five 30, I've got to be uh, cleaning up and getting food ready. Like I set chunks of time. And then by 5.30, I get a shower. That way I don't have to have a shower when we get back from BB. Like, um, I do it because I want to be less stressed. So I just do it. Um, but otherwise, those non-negotiables hold in the same place almost, most days, most days. Um, everything else fits around those blocks of time. Um, and we talked about arresting expectations and everything else that needs to go on in life fits around those top non-negotiable priorities and those time blocks. Um, the house, arrest your expectations about your house, your kids, the, your garden, your lawn, um, what they will look like by the end of the day. You just have to be okay with this, these other little things are not going to be perfect by the end of the day. If they get, to, if I get to them, I get to them. Um, if the kids get to them, they get to them. Um, and that has helped me a lot. So yeah, that's just helped me a lot to be a lot less stressed. So look at the big overall picture. Here are your non-negotiables. Here are your chunks of time that you know things have to go, you know, pretty you know, fit in pretty, pretty, uh, tightly every day. And then every, all the other little things just, um, we'll get to as they're gotten to. 
And I always remind myself, and I want to remind you guys too, do your best. Have I done my best for the day? Well, have I got those non-negotiables done? Yes. Okay. So I've done my best in those things that keep things going, keep me going really well. And if tomorrow comes and all those little bitty beads of things, I think of like, um, you know, your non-negotiables are like tennis balls. And then your time, your time blocks are, um, I don't know, kind of marbles maybe. Maybe this is a bad analogy. And then beads are all the other little things that fill in the rest. Um, and if, you know, um, if tomorrow comes, we will still be okay. You know, we've done the things that needed to be done. We've made those priorities. So everything will still be okay tomorrow if we've gotten those things in place. Um, of course, my kids are older. They can take care of a little bit more, but it doesn't mean that you still can't do that when you have little kids, that you still can't do this. It's just going to look a little different for you. Um, so that changes, you know, the load in my house and what can and can't be done. Um, but still evaluate your realistic versus your unrealistic expectations and do that for your personal health. We talked about that last time. Do that for your personal health and for your family's health. There's nothing worse than everybody in your house being stressed and yelling and, um, on edge and the least little thing, like things that really in the scheme of things should be neutral. It's like blows up. Like, why does nobody rinse the bowl out? You know, and you're like raising your voice or just getting like upset. It sounds like we're yelling all the time in our house. We don't. We're actually very like the boys make a lot of noise, but I don't like yelling. I don't want my kids to grow up in a yelling house. That's not good, but I'm exaggerating for, you know, um, to, you know, convey how we feel inside. <laughs> inside we feel like, ah, um, but, you know, even when you're getting upset about the least little thing, like, ah, I stepped on a Lego. Can't you guys just clean up everything when you get done? You know, like, you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, that, you know, that affects your family's health, their, their overall health of the family. So, um, and I, being a reluctant scheduler, I just want to admit that I was a very reluctant scheduler, but as life adds things on, you have to change. We talked about that last time. As life changes, you have to change with it or you're going to be extra stressed and anxious. Um, so just this, like literally within the last six months, I started using Google Calendar and I share it between me and my husband. <laughs> That's how reluctant I am. Um, I do have a paper calendar inside the cabinet, but um, I just realized that, oh, yeah, this makes me a lot less anxious. So I hope that number four wasn't too vague about reluctantly scheduling, like blocks of time. Um, but um, I hope that will help you. You know, I'm trying to break this down, like big picture down to small picture. Number five is related to what I was talking about earlier. But in your day, to reduce your stress, you need to give yourself permission to do nothing. At least 30 minutes, 
if more, that would be great. Because we are in a society that wants us to be doing, 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 doing. Oh, you're doing this? Well, I need to be doing this. Or you took your kids to the park and I didn't take my kids to the park today. And, um, oh, well, they got a new car, so they must be, they must be um, doing really well. I'm not doing really well. And I need to be doing more. And, you know, this, I mean, we could say a million things. You have to have, you need to give yourself permission to do nothing and be okay with that. Daily. Daily give yourself that. And that's part of my quiet time. I give myself permission to do nothing. And I think this is part of the reason, you know, people, when you had, when you, you know, TVs came along or, well, let's just go back to even um, radios. People would sit down and listen to the radio. And it's because it, people gave themselves permission to do nothing for that time. And now, yes, you can still watch shows or whatever, but now I think we have to take it. That could be your downtime. I'm not saying that's wrong. Um, but sometimes I think we have to identify if what we are listening to or watching or participating in, like, oh, I'm doing nothing. I'm on my phone scrolling Instagram. Well, hey, I'm a big Instagram fan. But is it really letting your brain do nothing? So that's what I want to emphasize. Permission to do nothing, but your brain needs to be doing things that don't make it more anxious. You could be watching a show that makes you more anxious or um, scrolling Instagram and it makes you more anxious. It gives you unrealistic expectations. So identify something that gets rid of all that, gets rid of all the extra expectations or extra anxiety or extra, I've got to live up to this. And um, you're really, it's when your brain can kind of zero out. Um, for me, reading, it kind of, I, I totally know the mode. I totally know the mood when I'm doing that in the morning. Um, it, it can zero out in a positive way, a non-stressful way, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, my, I feel like my brain is like bing, 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 bing all the time. So I feel like I need more of that. Maybe you're not, maybe you're just a natural, um, naturally your brain doesn't like you can you can categorize things I think men do better than that like okay this is what I have to do and I'm not thinking about anything else um not me I always have an idea or ooh, a post or um a project or oh I need to be doing this or this or this or this like it's all the time and I literally have to tell myself I give myself permission to do nothing I give myself permission to stop thinking about that. That sounds kind of crazy, but I think when we, when we realize the, all that we're talking about, we're giving it to ourselves and it's not in a bad way. We're not being, um, wrongly selfish. We, I'm giving myself this time. I'm giving myself that quiet time in the morning. I'm giving myself this, uh, flexible structure for my day it changes, it changes. And when you say, I give myself permission to do nothing, I give myself permission to walk away from the mess of my house and go take a walk so my brain can zero out. It changes the way you take care of yourself. It's very important every single day to do that if possible. Now you have days that it's not possible, but um, 
I think we have to go back to that. We used to be people that spent more time outside. So we naturally got that. But now you almost have to kind of fight for it. You have to fight for permission to do nothing. And I am number one. Like my husband will tell me, can you like, can you just sit down and, and like relax? Can you just watch something with me? And I've tried to become very more, a lot more aware of that. And, um, for sometimes for me that, you know, in the beginning of the day is, is a, a good time for me, but also at night I lay down and I say, I give myself permission to, that sounds weird to say, but instead of, you know, looking at my phone, I'm like, I'm giving myself permission to put that away, put the world away and read for 30 minutes. Um, that way I don't feel like I am being deprived of something else. That's what I'm, that's why I'm not a huge, um, drastic, like drastic change person. Because when you do drastic changes, you don't stick with it, number one. But also when you, human nature, if you feel deprived for something, the more you want it. So give yourself this time. Um, A good exercise, if you're having a hard time doing this, is, and I got this idea from uh, Mel Robbins. She's, you can look her up. She's an author. And she says you should sit for 30 minutes. And this is hard to do. Sit for 30 minutes and think of nothing. And when you start to have a thought, you go back to zero. Like in my mind, I would just, um, uh, if I had started to have a thought about the day or whatever, um, I just go back to this, like, I can just see like a black in my mind. I can just see like a black space or a line. I just go back to think about nothing. This could be life-changing for you. It really is. Um, it's very interesting what comes to your mind. Now this sounds crazy. When you think of nothing. And when I'm think when I when I say think of nothing, it's more like your your brain starts to start a story and you start to see something in your mind. And when I do this, you know, 30 minutes and you may have to work up to it. You may have to do 10 minutes. Um, because it really is a long time. 30 minutes is a long time to think about nothing and bring yourself back to zero. Bring yourself back to zero. But you will have the best clarity and best fresh ideas come from that. So have a pen and paper ready. Um, and it needs to be quiet. But try that. And um, start with five minutes, ten minutes. And I understand now why we... It's emphasized that we need um, a downtime so, so importantly. And, um, or, you know, some people have meditation or whatever. That's essentially kind of the same thing, but in a different aspect. Is because it zeroes out your mind. And um, you give yourself permission to do nothing and see what comes out of that. It's amazing. Now, if you feel like you have a lot of things that you need to accomplish and you don't know where to start and all that, do that. 
start with that five or 10 minutes of thinking about nothing. And it's amazing what comes from that clarity. And I think we need to do that more often in our busy world. So, um, you might think I'm wacky, but I want you to but try it. I am kind of wacky, but, um, try what we've talked about. Don't be drastic though. Don't be like all this tomorrow. Do one thing at a time, one, one of these five and start to implement it slowly. That way you feel like you're not depriving yourself of this. You're giving yourself a gift of less stress and less anxiety. And my life is not perfect. I do not have it all together. Let's end with that one. Um, but I just know this has helped me a lot. And if it can help one person, cool. That's good. So um, if you didn't listen to the first podcast on this, which is number 32, go back and listen to that one <laughs> because you'll be totally confused. I should have said that at the beginning. Um, but save these and go back and listen to them. And I hope it helped you. I hope that was helpful. I hope that was some good, um, food for thought. And I would love to, I would love to hear back from you guys on this. And like I said, there's probably a lot more I could say, but at the same time, maybe not because there's a lot of things that like I've had planners that made me feel more anxious because it was like, let's plan out your year and let's plan out your goals for the next five years and all this. Like, no, mm -mm. like let's conquer the day. Let's thrive for the day and then, and get really clear about every day. And I think the rest falls into place and I want that for you too. So take those five and hopefully I've, been good at um, conveying those ideas to you. I know that it's helped me a lot. And you know what? In the end, really, if, if I still start to feel something, um, an anxious feeling or that, that um, t you know, like that, what do they call it? Lump in your throat. Or I start to feel like, ah, things, whatever. I just repeat it to myself, be anxious for nothing. And I take a deep breath, be anxious for nothing. Go outside, take a walk, be anxious for nothing. What's the next best thing? There's another really good book, I'll put a link to it, called The One Thing. And that could be very helpful. What's the one thing that's going to make the next thing I need to do easier or unnecessary? And go from there. What's the one thing I can do right now that's going to make everything else easier or unnecessary. And sometimes you have to go by that. Be anxious for nothing and do the next, the next good thing. And um, just those reminders in your mind a lot, or I need to sit down and just think of nothing for a while to feel refreshed. And make those little things that help you. And um, I think you'll, you'll start to see a turnaround. That's what I hope for you. So thanks guys. I'm so grateful you keep coming back to this podcast. I really appreciate your support. You can find all the podcasts, some recipes, and other goodies at wellownless.com, on Facebook at Leah Hendershot Flourishing Roots, or on Instagram at flourishing.roots. I hope to hear from you 
any of those places.